Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. It really is an important structure because it is one of the last remaining examples of federal architecture in Milwaukee. This is another live on-site urban spelunking, Bobby, and the important date here is 1852. You were like, hey, Nate, do you want to join me at a 1852 house in Milwaukee? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. So this is on Astor Street, and this is a, an incredible double mansion. So this is the James Brown double house on Astor and Juno, which a lot of people know as Zeta's building because Zeta's dress shop was there for many decades, and that was like the place to go in town to buy a wedding dress. Like for high a, fashion boutique, right, right? Yeah. Right, especially for a certain level of client, I should say. Yes. <laughs> high fashion. Yes. So it was Zeta's for, for decades, but let's go back to 1852. That's pretty far back in Milwaukee's history. And I know this is a question you get a lot, Bobby, about the oldest home. Uh, this is not the oldest home, but it's among the oldest homes in Milwaukee. And when it was built, it was considered like way outside the city where it almost didn't make sense, right? Which, yeah, it's kind of hilarious. that People refer to it as Brown's Folly because like asking why would he build a house so far away from the city? But you have to think, like, by the 1850s, there's already houses on, like, Jefferson and Wells, you know, like, a few blocks away. <laughs> it doesn't seem that far away. But, you know, I guess at the time it was different because we didn't have cars and the streets weren't paved. And so maybe a, a few blocks seemed a lot further at the time. Yeah. And you're kind of out in the open there by the lake, right? There wasn't other structures shielding you from that lake wind. No, right. You know, we think of like lakefront and riverfront property now at being sort of super desirable. But at the time, it wasn't because, you know, the riverfronts tended to have a lot of industry along them and, and the lake houses weren't built the way they're built today. So it was very drafty if you were getting those lake winds, especially in the winter. Um, so they cold. Were, yeah, definitely not considered like prime real estate like it is now. So let's talk about Brown. This was actually the ninth mayor of Milwaukee, right? Yeah, yeah. So mayors back then served two-year terms, so there tended to be a lot of turnover in mayors. <laughs> Unlike today, where you get that seat and the, you tend to be in it for a long time, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's there's people who've held on to it for decades. I mean, we've had very few mayors in the last 50 or more years, right? But yeah, so he came to, he was a lawyer and he actually was admitted into the bar in Cincinnati when he was still just like 19 years old. He was sort of a child prodigy lawyer. And uh, he ends up coming to Milwaukee and going into business. He becomes mayor at one point. He becomes the first attorney general of the state of Wisconsin once the state is actually founded, because he's here just before the city is chartered and just before the state becomes a state. So he's here pretty early. Well, the home is a double home. And at one point, you know, there were two distinct residences in there. Now it is one and it's home to some office space. And you mentioned the chapter as Zeta's. I think that was so cool to me being there on site and seeing all this history. One of the coolest parts was seeing all these brides, this like hall of fame as we went down the stairs, literally moving through history. Yeah, it was really unexpected. I didn't think we'd see something like that, but it was amazing that they have this like one, two, there's like six walls of framed photographs of women in their wedding dresses. Some of the pictures, especially cool because they were taken inside the Zeta's building. So we could be in one room and see the fireplace and then go over there and see this photo from 
you know, like 70 years ago of a woman standing in front of that same fireplace in her new wedding dress. Well, in the next part of our conversation, we're going to go on a tour of this 1852 home. Of course, uh, check out those photographs and we'll go through the rest of the home and learn about the transformation. That's next on Urban Spelunking. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. You guys want to walk around a little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. It's just classic 1850s, 1860s uh, marble fireplace. Yeah. And they're all through the house. Uh, yeah, they're in selective spots. How long is this house here, here before the neighborhood springs up around it? I would say a decade. This all starts filling in in the latter part of the 1860s. Yeah. And by 1870s, the whole neighborhood's around it. So this used to be Zita's dress shop. Like the whole space? Uh, this whole thing from basement to the third floor was all Zita's. Okay. Zita dates to the 20s? Uh-huh. I did not realize. Yeah, was that 27. Okay. And that's kind of when, you know, there was a big change in building codes. Yeah. And so a lot of things in 1926, 27 start doing this commercial enterprises in old residential buildings. Yeah. So that happened on Grand Avenue, Prospect Avenue. And so it's the same thing where all of a sudden you have like a dress shop and a tea shop in a residential <laughs> neighborhood. You know. Right, right, right. At some point in time, in the 40s or 50s, Peg Bradley bought the dress shop and owned the business. She knew a lot of these world-famous designers, and she would bring them to Milwaukee, and they would do these amazing fashion shows. So then it just kind of, the business just kept moving down to her daughter, Jane. And then when Jane died, the business was sitting in the estate, and... They just could not find a buyer for it. So it was at that point that they shut down the Zeta business, and so they were left with this beautiful building. And so at that point in time, lined um, Eline mm-hmm. and her family decided to purchase the building and move in here to set up their family office, yeah. which is what's in here now. The original layout and kind of the room configuration mm-hmm. so is that, still here, yeah. you know, because... One of the side rooms, which was Mrs. Bradley's office, is still, you know, here. Yep. You know, some of the original fireplace mantles and fireplace placement is still here. Staircase? Is that original? That's the original. That's the replacement? Yes. And then 05, middle of 05, fall of 05 is when we started the whole planning process to rehab the building. And then construction started late 05, early 06-ish. The building looked to be in okay shape, but as soon as we we started demoing it, deconstructing it, taking the paint off the front, we realized how bad the building was. And literally the contractor at one point said, the paint on the outside of the building was basically holding everything together. So one of the other, the demo was the the lamps and uh, light fixtures that were in here. And there was a lot of nice light fixtures, which we 
which we kept and actually reused in certain places. And like this is one of them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hardboard boxes were all of these pictures. And we'll go downstairs and you can see all of them. And these would have been pictures of brides that bought their shop, their dress at Zeta's. And then as part of that, Zeta's took their picture and you know, started this collection. In theory, the these are the oldest photos, and as you work your way down and into the basement, they get newer. I mean, these are all such recognizable names from the 30s, 40s, and 50s in Milwaukee. And we've, we've identified some names are on them, they were, whether they were written on the back of the photo, or people have come in here and said, hey, that's my mom, or that's my grandma. And then we were able to add the, add the little name tag to it. That is really cool. Well, Bobby, that was pretty cool. 1852 home, just beautifully restored. What were some of your favorite moments from the visit? Well, I'm always happy to see John Eastberg, who's one of my favorite Milwaukeeans. Um, oh, yeah, you guys were vibing. You had a, I, you had a thing. I, I love him. He's such a nice guy, and he's so knowledgeable and so modest, and um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, what struck me, I mean, I love the beautiful porch outside, which has only been there since the last major renovation of the place early in the 21st century, but it really recreates kind of the kind of porch that would have been there at the very beginning. But I also love the sweeping staircase. There used to be, as you said earlier, this was a, a double house. So half the house, you know, had the staircase on the left. And then the opposite side was like an absolute mirror image <laughs> of the opposite side. So um, there's only one staircase left because they put it in the elevator where one of the staircases was because they didn't need two staircases once they combine the residences. But that, I thought that was a really beautiful, sense, yeah. really beautiful staircase. I loved that the floors were made out of um, reclaimed South American railroad ties. Yeah, that was cool. And then it was just cool to see some of the stuff that still kind of survived, like the marble fireplace surrounds. And there was one really cool thing that's been added more recently too, which is a little greenhouse at the back. And as soon as I opened the door to the greenhouse, I was just sort of hit with this scent of plants that was just really beautiful I, I thought that was really nice yeah there was a moment when when uh, we walked in there and it was like oh, i haven't smelled that in a while right like fresh green what it was like walking you know how you get that when you walk into the um the tropical dome when you're at the yeah, domes? yes it's very domes yes yeah all of a sudden that that smell just as soon as you open the door it hits you and it's really really sweet and pleasant it was very nice well, Bobby, we've got a big urban spelunking coming up soon, and this one is definitely a, a hot-button issue right now. This is around the Milwaukee Public Museum and its future museum campus, and rather than talking about the exhibit spaces and all of that, we're going to look at the story from an architectural viewpoint, and coming up soon, we're going to discuss the, you actually talked to the architects of the museum. I did, yeah, and it was interesting to get their perspective, and I really just, I did it sort of as a Q&A kind of thing, because... Initially, I planned to talk to them and then write something, but then they had so much to say that I just felt like it was sort of, it would have been a shame to lose all of that. So I just, I did it more as a Q&A kind of thing because they had tons of insights into how they traveled around the state to get different kinds of inspiration from nature and culture and where sort of nature and culture intertwine so that they could create a building that was sort of of the state, not just in the state. Yeah, of course, a lot of conversation around the museum. And I feel like this is a really important 
component of understanding the whole museum story is understanding the architecture, the building, how it draws inspiration from nature and how that folds into what the museum wants to accomplish in as its future museum. So can't wait for this conversation. This is really cool. It's a cool get for you, Bobby, to talk to the actual architects of the museum. So looking forward to that one. Is that coming up next week? Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Nate. Urban Spelunking here on 88.9 is edited by Kiri Salinas. And make sure, of course, you go to onmilwaukee.com. We've got a link to this story and all the other stories that we've talked about on any episode of Urban Spelunking. You can find a direct link to Bobby's complete story there. So make sure you do that. 